Um, Don DeLillo's White Noise? Ooh, I'm one of my favorites. I think they're making it into an impossible movie. Nice. This is Spawn in it? Yes. Yes, Spawn plays the titular character. The White Noise? You can't say titular character. (laughs) Oh, it's... uh, yeah, have you seen have you seen the adaptation of the well? No, the Catcher in the Rye, I guess, has a titular character in that he yeah, wants catcher. Holden Caulfield wants to be a sort of a Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, uh, did uh, you hear Spawn's playing the titular character in the Grapes of Wrath? <laughs> Honey, I sunk the kids. Oh shit, they're dead. I. Uh, <laughs> what if every? What if? <laughs> Honey, I, honey, I shrunk the kid. Ew. The kids call it. Oh fuck, they're dead. Honey, I blew up the kid. Call it. Oh fuck, it's dead. Oh fuck, that baby we worked so hard to make over nine months. It's dead. We made it using sex. We spawned <laughs> it using sex? Question mark. Spawn your babies using sex. This is the closest we can get to a passable amount of energy, I believe. interim episode in what can only be described as hot godzilla summer on zero credits the show where we talk about things my name's henry that's right hot godzilla summer five movies ten weeks all the godzilla you can handle nothing but godzilla specific content my name is john yes and together we're henry and john coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist but first A little disclaimer tonight, dear, dear fams. The energy level will not be much more higher than this from me tonight because I am what scientists describe as being exhausted. Life has, uh, life has thrown us a, life has thrown us a lot in the past few weeks. I'm also very tired. Yes, it's just, it's, it's spring. Everything's waking up and it's time for me to go to fuck to sleep. And to help us go to sleep, we're drinking. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really thrive in the winter months when the days are short and the nights are long. When the days get longer, my candle burns duller and I go to sleep. I love a long day. I'm a huge, I'm a huge, I'm what you might call, I'm a huge, you might, I'm what you might call a day guy. Oh, you're a day guy? Okay, okay, okay. I don't like the night. It makes me want to sleep. I like the night because there's no expectations. No no outside forces are like, we want this done by this deadline. We expect you to get this done. At night, it's kind of just like, this is your time. 
do whatever you want. You're free. I mean, my problem is at nighttime, the thing I want to do is sleep. I'm also what you might call a big sleep guy. I like sleep occasionally. Um, I find myself falling asleep at least once a day. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a good average. Um, yeah. I try to shoot for maybe five or six times a day. Oh, okay. Well, that's real interesting. Uh, uh, we can talk about our beers if we want, but I've got a- disappointing news, John. Oh? Uh, because tonight I am drinking Hans Pilz. <laughs> We're back at it. Throwback Thursday, baby. And the crazy thing is they've updated their can. <laughs> oh, so it's different from the little dog? Well, it's, see, it, it's still the little dog, but now the little dog has more detail. It has a little red collar and it's white with black spots. Um, and now there's like a lot of detail on the shield that is encapsulating the Hans Pills logo with a German style Pilsner description. And there's little pine cones. There's just a lot more going on in this can that I remember. What's uh, what's Hans Pills? Real Ale Brewing Company, maybe? Absolutely, yes. Here in uh, Texas. Uh, I'm also drinking a product of Texas. Isn't it sad how we've grown up alongside the, uh, the can design for Hans Pills? I've consumed so much Hans Pills in my life only because of this podcast. Yeah, it is pretty sad. And now, honestly, I, I, I never thought I would drink it again. But um, I, so short story, I was uh, down for the count last Friday because we I had gotten my second vaccination shot and and I died. Like it, it knocked me on my ass so hard. I didn't get up until like 7 p.m. Um, but Jamie was running errands and we were going to grill this weekend. And I was like, Hey, pick me up like a grilling beer. And she's like, what do you mean? And just like a light beer. I don't have any specifics. Surprise me. And she brought this home because she was like, isn't that one of our wedding beers? And it was. So here we are. Wow. That's a really good story. (laughs) I, on the other hand, uh, am drinking a, hold on. Let me read you the text. I am drinking a big country honeydew yuzu organic hard seltzer brewed right here in Texas, potentially Austin, Texas. I don't know. Texas brewed, big country, fair trade, gluten free, non GMO, 90 calories, zero gram sugar, uh, artisan mixology. Texas brewed, enjoy the journey because in a big country, dreams stay with you like a lover's voice fires the mountainside. Stay alive. That's that sounds like it really gels with your whole. I don't want to say you have an aesthetic because that might be reductive, but it, it sounds like that gels with what you find uh, interesting to look at. The uh, the seltzer, just everything going on in that can. Yeah, I find it interesting to look at. I don't find it particularly enjoyable to drink. Uh, I'm not a seltzer person. I do not enjoy seltzers really at all. Um, I think it's pretty unpleasant. Okay, here's here's John's weekly seltzer rant. The problem with seltzers is that they're, they're trying to keep the calories very low to appeal to a certain demographic, but they're also trying to bump the alcohol content as high as they can to appeal to, perplexingly, the same demographic, even though alcohol is pretty high in calories. So they're, like, making these very strong malt beverages with a lot of like pretty unpleasant ethanol alcohol taste with yeah. little else to cut through it. 
So this just kind of tastes like a weird gamey shot of vodka. That is not what you want out of a sippable drink. You you want it to be light and refreshing on the tongue. Yeah, which is uh I mean, I don't know. I can't stand a white claw. A white claw is like loaded down with weird artificial sweeteners. I I I just don't like seltzer. Find me a I, seltzer I like and I will be forever indebted to you listeners. I inherited a a case of assorted hard waters um, from our neighbors. And uh, the other day I drank the last one. And the only way I could describe it was it was like drinking a pina colada LaCroix. That doesn't sound terrible, but I'm also a big fan of both pina coladas and LaCroix. To me, it's like, I don't want the hint of the thing. Just give me the thing. Like, especially if it's going to be a hard thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I don't think there's any way that people could read into what you said uh, in a way other than what you intended. I don't think anyone's going to do that. I don't think anyone's going to put that in your fan cam. Um, Here's hoping they don't. I, there's there's not a lot of footage out there of, of us for people to make fan cams. I don't know what that means. What's a fan? Don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we need to move on. We can't we can't so get caught up in fan cams. Right. So the energy from me and I think John as well is going to be a little low tonight. But I hope you you appreciate the slower pace episode as we tackle whatever content John has brought because I did not have any time today to get beyond the news story that John Mulaney is divorcing his wife of seven years after getting out of rehab. That's the only headline I read today. Yes. And that is sad and we'll avoid commenting on it. I personally consider divorce to be, I don't know, a night, like a, a neutral thing. I don't think divorce is good or bad. Typically if people are getting a divorce, it's because they need it. I think we should get to the point as a society where divorces don't make headlines, you know, like I don't hear about normal people's divorces, right? Like so-and-so down the street, three doors down, they get a divorce. That doesn't make any Wait, the band three doors down got a divorce? Oh my God. That's funny. Everyone in the band three doors down got a divorce? Turns out they were married to each other. Wow, you can call me Superman. Um, one headlight. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's silly that uh, divorces make headlines because not to be reductive about it, but there aren't headlines about people's small LLCs breaking up. So why right. do we care about this other small contractual obligation ending? Absolutely. Like, you know, oh, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates are splitting after 27 years. And it's just like, okay. Uh, Well, I do have something to say about that one. You do? I mean, I don't care that they're getting a divorce, but I also don't care that they're married. I think it's fundamentally strange that they're getting a divorce because if I, not to say that Bill and Melinda Gates are this way, but if I was a phenomenally wealthy, probably sexless older person, I wouldn't care enough to get a divorce really over anything because what's the point? You could pick a hemisphere and live in it. Yeah. I have no idea. You know, I, um, cause you're absolutely right. And I, a lot of the, so in the previous generations, like old money 
they hated each other. Most old money marriages hated each other. And they stayed together because it's what you did at the time. And, you know, you lived in luxury. But I guess today, these pesky billionaires, these 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 harlots, these, you know, your Bill, <laughs> your Bill Gateses and your, your Jeff Bezoses and your, I guess, eventually Elon Muskuses, they, you know, they can't close their legs and they just want to sleep around with all their money. Yeah, these these promiscuous, aged billionaires. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised, frankly. I mean, I, I think Bill Gates this... has had like an on-off living relationship with an ex of his for like two decades at oh. this point. Like, who cares? Oh, I didn't know that. Why get divorced? Yeah. It seems pointless. It's this new generation of billionaires, you know, they, they were taught sexual freedom by the televisions and now they just, they can't, they can't holster their holster things. Um, but, you know, you wouldn't see someone like Warren Buffett. He's of a different, I think he actually has like a standing, <laughs> a standing <laughs> agreement with like, like an ex, like he said, like an ex-girlfriend that he sees on the side or I don't know. I mean, all billionaires have to be to some degree emotionally bankrupt. So it, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that the boundaries of someone's relationship lying outside of uh, of the norm is deviant, per se. I don't know. I don't want to make judgments. I'm just saying, why get divorced if yeah. you're that rich? Rit- people just, that just... rich don't have sex or hang out with people they just don't like do you think bill and melinda gates are spending much time around each other do they sit down and watch netflix at the end of a long day no there's a they're doing billionaire things which are pleasureless business activities (laughs) that will uh, sustain them until they're 90 and then they will uh pass away uh old and rich and have exploited the labor of hundreds of thousands of people oh yeah, you're absolutely right. But there is a clip um, from last week tonight where they're talking about, you know, vaccinations and the joke about Bill Gates wanting to, like, put microchips in people using the vaccinations. And they cut to a clip of Bill and Melinda Gates sitting next to each other on, like, a panel Q&A session. And, and somebody has asked a question like, oh, what do you think about this whole rumor about the microchip thing and melinda gates <laughs> answers in the most suspicious way is like you know that's not true because one i've never heard bill talk about it before oh weird and- <laughs> what a weird what a weird thing to say <laughs> and two it's like i know him and he's not interested in that <laughs> it's like oh okay rest assured <laughs> yeah that's uh that's very strange. I don't care so, for that answer yeah. at all. And then like a couple months later, they're getting a divorce. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. The, uh, the oh. micro- I, uh, I don't know. I have heard reports from uh, all eligible single ladies in my area that their arms started vibrating once they got a divorce. And I they have that. an uncontrollable urge. Oh, is that a joke that's been made already? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was. Uh, It's fine. Someone got to it before me. Yeah. It's still pretty clever. So you you and that other person who made the joke. Kudos. Yeah, I'll form an... I'll I'll marry them. And then divorce them when you become... When you become billionaires. When you become a billionaire. Now, Henry. We're Uh, talking a lot about... John? 
Yes, <laughs> yes, Henry. I don't know. You said my name, and I'm just saying your your name back. Leave me oh, alone. what is happening? Uh, I'm tired. So, Henry, we're talking a lot about really rich. Oh, people, John, right? <laughs> Henry. Yes, we are talking about really rich people. Yes, we are right is, now. Is yeah. this like? Is this payback for interrupting John from two weeks ago? Oh, Henry. <laughs> What is happening? He said your name, so I thought I should say mine. What is happening? (laughs) Oh, no, I'm Joker laughing. Okay, I'm going to rein it in. All right, um, to back it up, you said, oh, Henry. (laughs) We're talking about really rich people, right? And I interrupted, but the point is. Yes, we are talking about very rich people. I don't know what's so hard to understand. <laughs> so we're talking about very rich people, uh, and we were throwing, we were banding, a, <laughs> <laughs> we were banding a lot of names about, and right. uh, you know, maybe a name was mentioned in there, maybe it wasn't. Oh, um, let's review. But we don't need to. <laughs> I'm trying okay. to do a segue. Okay. Uh, Oh, but you're segueing? I had no idea. We were talking about <laughs> we we're talking about a lot of rich people, and maybe we mentioned something, but something pretty big happened this last week. And it relates directly to very rich people, televised events, and a lot of people losing a lot of money. Oh, I know where this is going. Yes. No, that that was part of that was just banter. <laughs> oh well, obviously, if you know where this is going, uh, everyone has been uh, has seen this in the news. Everyone probably watched it live, uh, but of course, we are talking about the Kentucky Derby. Right. Yes. Uh, everyone gathered on Saturday night to watch it live. The Kentucky Derby, the annual horse race that takes place on a, a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Yes, the uh, the Sunday afternoon horse race that everyone uh, gathered around to watch. Now, I don't know if you're a member of what I like to call the HC. Horse club. Horsing community, that's right. Uh, I spend a little bit of time around the horsing community uh, post-Kentucky Derby. And uh, the like I said, everyone knows this. Uh, but the world of professional horse racing uh, was rocked post Kentucky Derby. Right. Uh, I actually, shake it th- away. Yeah, this is insane. By by a slumdog millionaire miraculous chance, I know this story because <laughs> I was in the car, uh, and so <laughs> uh-huh. I, I was in the car. My phone. I broke my phone on Sunday, and so I couldn't listen to Conan O'Brien's podcast in my car. So I had to listen to the radio and uh, somebody quickly said a headline, a horse named his, her name, his name was Gravity's Rainbow. That's not true. Do you remember the horse name? The horse that won the Kentucky Derby was, of course, Medina Spirit. Was found guilty of having drugs in its system. Yes. Uh, Did you know that the story continues past that? Yes, and for the first time in 174 years, they're going to have their winning, their winning prize struck from them. Perhaps is that right? 
Uh, so really what's happening, it's pretty complicated, uh, but it also, it, it, I think what we're going to talk about really centers around one person. And unfortunately that person is not Medina spirit, uh, Medina spirit, pissed hot, uh, post the <laughs> Kentucky, post what the horse Kentucky Derby piss hot, <laughs> Uh, this horse pissed hot. Unfortunately, it's, a, it's the real Daniel Cormier of horses. Uh, and had its title removed. Uh, and one thing that has been up in the air is, of course, say it with me, the Preakness. Right, the Preakness. Everyone remembers what the Preakness is. It's right up there with the Triple Crown. Well, the Triple Crown is actually the three races. It's the Kentucky Derby and two other races. I think you have to... Hold on. Basically, you have to win the Kentucky Derby to race in the Preakness, I think. Or you have to place really well. I don't know. Or maybe the Preakness is just one of the three Triple Crown races. I don't know. Horses. Uh, I have no, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. But the Preakness is after the Kentucky Derby. And the the big thing is if we have uh, if we have disqualified Medina Spirit for pissing hot, is Medina Spirit going to be able to race in the Preakness? That is the question, which we will return to later. However, what we're talking about centers, in fact on uh, the trainer of Medina Spirit, uh, one Bob Baffert. Oh, that son of a bitch. Uh, So Bob Baffert, I believe, uh, allegedly has had uh, five failed drug tests in the last few years of, uh, he's like a Hall of Fame horse trainer. He's been around for a while, but he's actually had like five horses fail drug tests, which I mean... It seems pretty low to give drugs to a horse. I'm not saying he did. This is all alleged, but it seems pretty low to like dope a horse. However, Bob Baffert is uh, is taking an interesting uh, he's taking an interesting approach to how he's dealing with the backlash. Uh, in that Bob Baffert went on Fox News Monday morning following his uh, once again horse that failed a drug test. Uh, after his horse that he oversaw the care of entirely failed a drug test, he went on Fox News uh, and then said the following as part of the interview. Uh, we live in a different world now, he told Fox News. This America is different. And it was like a culture, a cancel culture kind of thing. Wait, no. Huh? Uh, so Bob Baffert is uh, once again taking the time-honored, the recently time-honored conservative tactic of uh, interchangeably using the word cancel culture when he means consequences. Yeah, because this wasn't like the the horse had racist views about certain people and therefore should be deplatformed. This was somebody gave drugs to a horse, the horse pissed hot, as we all refer to it. And uh, now it's being disqualified rightly because it violated the terms and conditions of the Kentucky Derby. That's not cancel culture. That's just repercussions. So I might interchangeably, I'm going to get a little loose with language in this podcast, but I do want to be clear that based on the information I have available to me, and I'm not making any blanket statements of truth, but with the information I have available to me, uh, as supplied by the medical experts at Churchill Downs, one could be forgiven for saying he gave his horse drugs. 
So if it sounds like I'm implying that it's only based on the evidence I have, I'm not explicitly saying that he did that. Uh, however, he denied all wrongdoing whatsoever. And in fact, uh, he went further to say that uh, he was being canceled by Churchill Downs, the venue that the Kentucky Derby took place at this year, maybe every year. I don't, I don't know horse racing. Uh, I think and the Kentucky Derby is always in Kentucky. It, that would make sense. Uh, I don't know if it's always a Churchill Downs, but Churchill Downs released a statement and Bob Baffert is saying that they are attempting to cancel him by making a uh, particularly harsh statement. Uh, the statement reads, failure to comply with the rules and medication protocols threatens the safety of the horses and jockeys, the integrity of the sport and the reputation of the Kentucky Derby and all who participate. Churchill Downs will not tolerate it. Uh, and as a result, uh, Baffert has been uh, indefinitely banned from racing at Churchill Downs again, following his once again horse pissing hot for drugs that he allegedly administered to it. Uh, once again, this is not him being canceled. This is a governing body uh, damning him for what at this point uh, seems to be a, a flagrant uh, abuse of their rules, regulations, uh, and endangering the health and safety of not only the jockey, but also the innocent animal uh, that he was uh, given stewardship over. But apparently this is cancel culture. Yeah, this is this is silly. This doesn't this is nothing. I think that this is something that is uh, cancel culture no longer means. And the only people to which canceling and cancel culture mean anything to anymore are like really scared conservatives because it just means that there is a chance they will face consequences for their actions when brought to the public view. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, th this is really interesting because it's the first time that a non-entertainer is talking about cancel culture um, because well, one, it doesn't apply. That I guess that's a reason why it's being you like I don't know. Usually, when we talk about cancer culture, we're talking about people whose lives depend on public support. Like you know, you you got to go see their movie for them to get money, or you know, they're going to only get hired because people will go see them. Nobody's lining up to see um, Mister Mister Buford. Close enough. Yeah, no one's lining up to see him. He's only getting money because he's really good at apparently training horses. But if he's already had like five alleged cases of, of five horses failing piss tests, then uh, I, I feel like his bed has been made and all that is left is for him to lie in it. I, I just think that this comes down to this kind. I don't even know if it's conservative, but I'll call it that. Uh, kind of for, for ease of language, but it's this like real cowardly desire to escape consequences by blaming culture and society that has left them behind. And let's be clear. And these are facts. The five failed drug tests that Baffert's horses had happened in a little more than a year, which oh. if we had a trainer who was training like UFC fighters and five of his athletes pissed hot for test E in a little more than a year. He couldn't train people anymore. Yeah, no. And it wouldn't be cancel culture. It would just be like, Hey, you're violating the rules of UFC. You gotta go. 
And I'm not saying this is a statement of his character, but I will say that blaming cancel culture on doing the wrong thing and giving drugs to an animal allegedly seems like a real dumb guy move. Yeah, no, that that is that is somebody's 70-year-old publicist saying like, oh, my daughter said something about cancel culture. Maybe that's a defense I can use with my client, Mr. Beaufort. And uh, we can get off scot-free and get back to doping up alleged horses. I mean, it's it just speaks to these people's cowardly spirit. Because you had like Josh Hawley, right? He he was like an active participant in egging on the Capitol riots. And after Simon and Schuster dropped his book deal, he said that he was under attack by cancel culture. Or, uh, sadly, Gina Carano... <laughs> yeah, not friend of the podcast, but the podcast used to be quite big fans of Gina Carano, uh, was very vocal, saying the cancel culture had come after her. Uh, but in Josh Hawley's case, it's not cancel culture for someone dropping your book deal because you actively took part in inciting an insurrection. And in Miss Carano's case, it's not cancel culture that you were fired from your very lucrative, and let's be honest, very easy job at Disney for being a vocal anti-Semitic crank. Like, just because you face consequences for being a shitty person doesn't mean you're being canceled. It just means society is working as intended. Absolutely. I mean, we've got these societal norms where you don't be anti-Semitic and you don't try to overthrow the government. And uh, for participating in this, this basic agreement of not doing those two things, you get various privileges like keep being able to continue to do your job and not being removed from that job. But the second you violate those those the, that that is, that agreement we've all made, you're going to face consequences, and they don't come from this this culture of cancelization or like popular outcry. It comes from the basic tenement of our society, where generally you outwardly try to appear as a being a good person. I mean, just people on the right are such cowardly little participation trophy babies. Like, who's the saddest Trump son? Don Jr.? Uh, yeah. Don or, or Eric Trump? I think it's... Is that a person? Eric Trump's real. Uh, I think it's Don Jr. Yeah, Don Jr. was on this, uh, like, Instagram... A tirade for I'm going to say two <laughs> the last two years of his father's presidency, uh, where he was constantly saying that the Instagram algorithm was suppressing his his videos and his posts and talking about how he was trying to how he was being canceled by an algorithm and like everything he posted still got a quarter of a million views. Yeah, no, it, it became a real popular story or or speaking point for conservative voices to, to cry out about being canceled as they're promoting their next book or as they're going on a talk show and talk, you know, like getting the platform that they say is getting robbed from them. Like that they're, they're <laughs> and, and this has happened in the past year, really, that this is becoming a popular stance for, for these conservative voices to take. And now it's spilling over into horse racing for no reason. I mean, I'm just looking forward to Bob Bafferty's upcoming book, uh, Cancelled, Triggered, How My Drug Horse Got Cancelled by Horse Doctors.
Yeah, the crazy thing is the Kentucky Derby is such a like it's televised, sure, but the ratings can't be too high. I didn't even know it actually happened this past weekend. It's not a very na- nationally popular event. For there to be public outcry to cancel him, like that that it doesn't track. There's not the, the public isn't there. It's only horse doctors. Yeah, I mean the public's there to wear big hats, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, and get rich off of bets. Yeah, that's pretty much all they're there for. Yeah, that's that's a silly story. I don't like it. Yeah, it's just something for us to be aware of. And then we can really cancel them. Yeah. Remember when we had that cancel power? Yeah, I I think we maybe stopped using it because people actually stopped using cancel to mean good things. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's all about this reactionary, I, I messed up and now I'm getting canceled thing. And and for some reason, th- this is a funny talking point, but comedians who have literally not worked in the past decade, it's like they're all taking turns going to certain magazines and saying, you can't do comedy today or comedy's a minefield today, talking about cancel culture when they literally have not worked in decades. <laughs> I, I do think it is... A surprisingly common thing. I think it's just an easy talking point for people to be like, you can't even get on stage anymore. You have to be so careful with what you say. Hey, when the last time I did a paid show 15 years ago, you could say the R word. You could say (laughs) the F word. But now these college kids, these participation trophy snowflakes are attacking me, a 52-year-old bald man with a drug problem. Yeah, no, it's always like Seinfeld's like, oh, you can't you can't do shows at colleges anymore because I haven't updated my act since the 90s and they don't get any of my jokes. Yeah, you can't do shows (laughs) at college anymore because you're a mummy, dude. And honestly, you don't belong on a college campus, you know? Let the let the younger generation, let the Pete Davidsons of the world get mad at colleges. That's 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 a young man's game. I mean, there 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 are a bunch of comedians who are working where it's like, ah, oh, you can't uh the state of comedy today. It's like, yeah, the state of comedy always changes. Because if you, someone who was a popular comedian in the early 2000s, uh, were to talk to someone from the 90s, they wouldn't be working in the early 2000s because, oh, comedy's changed. Guess what? Things change, and the world keeps spinning, and the only thing that materially changes is you are out of work. The funny, like, another funny thing is, like, all these comedians who are saying you can't do comedy these days, it's a minefield, etc., they've all worked on television at one point or another in, in their lives, and uh, a funny thing about television is you can't be offensive on your TV show because then you would lose viewers. So they've already been through a period of their life where they had to, quote, play it safe. Yeah. And even then, like, if their sensibilities change, let's take an easy punching bag. One Adam Carolla, friend of Dr. Drew. Uh, and I think also Jimmy Kimmel was on the show. It was a show on Comedy Central called The Man Show. Do you remember that? We've talked about it. We've talked about it before. Yeah, I always, I, I remember it fondly as like a what the fuck was anyone thinking? Yeah, it's it's like behind the scenes. It was it was so silly that it existed, but I think that it was relatively popular. Uh, but I think 
you couldn't make that today. And I think someone like Adam Carolla would say you can't make it today. And he's pointing towards like a failure in society. But it's in the same way that while the man show or whatever was airing, you couldn't make like a a comedy show called like the Colgate saxophone hour or whatever the fuck like <laughs> at the time you couldn't make something that would have been popular in the fifties or sixties because guess what sentiment had changed. Right. No, people aren't going to tune into the Colgate hour anymore because they don't want to hear jazz anymore. And that's what the Colgate hour really shined. Yeah. And that's why we need to wait for the Colgate hour to come back. I think we're starting to round the Cape of Good Hope on the Colgate Hour, and we can finally get a Bosworm Skagley uh, back in the silver screen. Yeah. yeah, we'll get Tiny Boots shortly. Tiny to... Boots shortly. God, I'd love to see what he's playing. I think You Should Leave is probably the best show that has ever been on television. See, how can you say comedy is a minefield when I think You Should Leave just came out like t- two years ago? Well, I mean, here's the problem, One. Henry. If if you make comedy that's good, it typically doesn't really have much of a chance of offending people uh, because it's just clever and exists outside of a norm. And the thing, like all of these comedians saying, oh, you, you, you know, can't do comedy today. It's like, well, you, did you try? I mean, or are you just, did you just... Did, did a magazine contact you? Hey, do you want to do an interview? And you're like, yeah, I could use the hundred bucks. I don't know the rates, but <laughs> like, but like, I so recently this what's what's bringing this up in me is like Billy Crystal was interviewed by a magazine, and like the takeaway was like, oh, comedy's a minefield, you know, right now. It's like Billy Crystal. <laughs> I haven't heard your name in five years. Have you? Tr- are you out there doing shows and audiences are like turning on you? Like, is this actually happening? Are you just parrot, parrot, parroting, birding? Are you birding? Hey, Billy Crystal, you burden? You burden? Are you just repeating what Jerry Seinfeld said because he's the pervading voice in comedy twenty years ago? I mean, uh, two things. First of all, whenever anyone in comedy is like, you can't do comedy anymore. It's like, yeah, you're right. You can't do comedy anymore. Uh, it's over for you because you you refuse to change. But also, no one who ever says this shit about comedy extends it to any other art form. Like, Billy Crystal isn't out there being like, you can't make movies like you used to. You can't make City Slickers 2 The Legend of Curly's Gold anymore. <laughs> You can't do trouble in Chinatown. That just doesn't happen. You can't. You just can't do it anymore. It's it's sad, really, what we've lost. Yeah, you sure you sure can't write books anymore. You know, you're not going to see you know Pet Cemetery written today. Yeah, well, you're actually not going (laughs) to see some parts of certain Stephen King books. Though, to be fair, for such a profligate author, he wasn't that offensive. Other than he tended to give black people certain dialects and magical powers more frequently than other characters but i don't know stephen king not the worst person in horror who's been writing for as long as he has about certain issues look look john there's there's a certain truth you need to uh, acknowledge about america and that's every 30 years or so we go through a period of mystical african-american characters (laughs) 
who just show up and give white people the mysticism they need to solve their everyday problems. Listen, I uh, I think there's a lot you could read into that about uh, what what it means in the mind of the author. I'm not the person to do it. I'm not a literary critic. Oh, me either. Not anymore, at least. Not you know. You can't be a literary, literary <laughs> you critic. You can't be a literary days. critic these days. <laughs> it's a minefield. They won't let you do it. You get up on that stage and you try to do a three-part critique of Beowulf, and they boo you off the stage. What's crazy to me is that it's like. These these comedians who literally have not worked. These in comedians say who are in cars getting coffee. Getting coffee. Uh, you know, they say these things and then like you turn on the network television <laughs> or just the normal television. Uh-huh. And you, you, you flip, you know, let's say it's 10 o'clock at night and you flip the channels and what do you see? Oh, you see... Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and Conan O'Brien, all comedians, all on TV, all doing comedy. It's, uh, I mean, whenever anyone says you can't do comedy anymore, they're just saying, I can't do the kind of comedy that I uh, used as my meal ticket for a decade or two. There's, there's Samantha B, and, and there's Trevor Noah, and there's... I'm out of comedians. I know the name of, but the- <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Did you say him? Even though his show is not as good as I wanted. I, I think I started with Colbert. That you did, James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what we should really. Uh, we should really. <laughs> the champion of comedy, James Corden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. Didn't Larry Wilmore have a show for a second? Yeah, the Tonight Show. No, <laughs> hold on. The to- I'm not sure that's what it was called. The Today Show. No, hold on. Um, the Black News Hour was <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought he had like a, a daily show that was specifically catered to a black audience. Am I crazy about that? Hold on. Larry The Wilmore. Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore. My bad. <laughs> You're very much bad. I have some bad news, Henry. I'm racist. You are within a hair's breadth of cancellation. You just can't do a podcast these <laughs> you can't days. Can't do a podcast these days. Oh, I'm leaving all of this in because the people need to know how racist I am. Well, we'll see how you feel about that tomorrow. Anyway, there's this guy who has this show called Last Week Tonight. It's called, like, the British News Hour. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Limey News Hour. He's he's British, right? Oliver, uh... Oliver Stone. <laughs> Oliver Stone. Oh, boy. <laughs> John Oliver. We got lost in talking about cancel culture and started talking about comedy, which is a famous black hole. No, no, no. It's a normal hole. It just came after the daily hole. I can't do this. You can't do comedy anymore, Henry. (laughs) 
I'm going to censor everything I've said. Okay, that's fair. John, hard segue. Um, <laughs> There's a lot we could talk the... about. But amazingly, we actually don't have time to talk about much. Uh, least of all things that get us real angry. And I apologize that my segment about the horse got me real angry. I can't believe that's what you wanted to talk about tonight. I thought you wanted to talk about other things. Like Dogecoin? Yeah, Dogecoin about Elon Musk. uh, Someone who's not been in the entertainment space whatsoever hosting Saturday Night Live and a show that's aimed at entertaining i mean whatever donald trump hosted saturday night live a lot of people have hosted saturday night live yeah i suppose that's not but how did he tank dogecoin i don't understand um i don't know how much you want to get into it but i'll give a brief history okay for the past couple of months a a cryptocurrency called dogecoin which was started mainly as a joke has been rising uh, hundreds of percentages in value tied to Elon Musk randomly tweeting out the word Dogecoin. Seemingly, there's probably a myriad of other factors behind the meteoric rise of this joke coin, but it seems as though the weight of Elon Musk's tweets were propping up this, this illustrious new cryptocurrency uh, with valuations up to a dollar, maybe. Probably not. Seven cents, if you will. We're talking huge volumes with low, low entry prices. But all of that came crashing down this weekend after Elon Musk hosted Saturday Night Live, and I don't know why. Yeah, I also don't know why he hosted Saturday Night Live. To give maybe some quantification, uh, quantization uh, to what we're talking about. So Dogecoin had prices around the one to five cent mark for a very long time. And then uh, Elon Musk has tweeted about Dogecoin every once in a while. And every time he does, there's this like big Elon bump. Uh, But nothing even near what we've seen over the past uh, few months. And a lot of that's actually been driven by things like Wall Street Bets and the Wall Street Bets Discord. Uh, And then uh, it kind of led to Wall Street Bets, of course, famously game stonks uh, to uh, to ban discussions of cryptocurrency because apparently even cryptocurrency is uh, is too uh, speculative for Wall Street bets too risky uh, and I can't blame them uh, but it was uh, you had this narrative that was building on crypto Twitter plus Wall Street bets of like holding on to Dogecoin diamond hand Doge uh, however that in concert with Elon Musk and a bunch of celebrities tweeting about Dogecoin, uh, then awakened your casual causal investors, and then Dogecoin went fucking crazy. Uh, so remember when I told you that you could buy Dogecoin from anywhere to from one to five cents, and typically like fractions of a cent. Uh, do you know what the high Dogecoin reached was? Um, twenty cents. Seventy cents. So if you're someone who bought in at a previous Dogecoin high of a cent, you increased your money 70-fold if you sold it at the peak. 
Uh, so huge. A lot of people off of Dogecoin, some of them became millionaires, uh, which is uh, insane. Uh, and once again, I, I don't want to get into this too much because we talked about this at length of the Game Stonks episode, but uh, value is uh, made up. People talk about fundamentals and like fundamental indicator of value, trailing indicators, uh, leading, lagging indicators, things like that. Value is just what people will pay for things. And that's it. It doesn't don't get fancy with it. Don't let people with econ degrees trick you. It's just what people are willing to pay for something. And that's it. Uh, and Dogecoin is a great example of that, because just on fervor alone, uh, Dogecoin made some people into millionaires. And then uh, what I predicted would happen, which is a shame because there's, to my knowledge, no way to really short a cryptocurrency. What people thought would happen is uh, Elon Musk would go on SNL and then he would make some kind of uh, roundly endorsing statement of Dogecoin or mention it in some way. Apparently it was mentioned during the weekend update or whatever. Uh, but he didn't do that. And then the price of Dogecoin sank like 45% the second he took the stage uh, because people don't pay attention. And when all these investors who bought Dogecoin saw Elon Musk, uh, who sucks to look at and listen to, uh, <laughs> they uh, just sold <laughs> once they realized that he was not going to... Uh, to give some weird like Reichstag speech about how Dogecoin was the future. Did they really think he would go on a comedy sketch show and give a diatribe of the future of crypto and tied to Dogecoin? Well, here's the thing, Henry. The kind of people who uh, made Dogecoin get to 70 cents are real idiots. Like anyone who jumps on something to make something crazy like that happen in the market, like with the GameStop stock, they have to be real dummies. Uh, and that's not, I don't know, maybe that's being overly cruel to their character, but they have to be people who are fundamentally reactionary. Uh, and they are the kind of people who, you know, read on the, they don't watch Saturday Night Live, they're busy watching reruns of Young Sheldon and eating whatever garbage food idiots eat. Uh, so they don't watch Saturday Night Live. And then they turn it on and they don't. They barely know who Elon Musk is and they assume he's going to get on there and make some statement about Dogecoin and they don't see it and they sell. And I think it's as simple as that. Uh, I'm also fundamentally a pessimistic person about uh, any capital market, but I think that's what happened. So what... what it what you're trying to tell me, John, is you simply can't do comedy these days. You just can't. It It's a minefield. You might crash an entire cryptocurrency with your face showing up on a comedy show alone. I mean, not to, not to besmirch anyone, but there's someone who's calling himself the Dogecoin millionaire millionaire because he put like $180,000 into Dogecoin. He became a millionaire. And uh, his stance is, I'm going to hold on to it and make an online presence. And then people will like stay tuned because people want to see him lose money, gain money. They want to see the trials and the tribulations. I'm like, just sell. Oh, you don't realize be... how quickly people are going to get real bored of this Dogecoin shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but but he wants to be a, a deep fucking value. Um, the guy who made all his money or, or had that huge, huge stakehold in, in the GameStop stock, the GameStop stock saga. I mean, my issue with Dogecoin Millionaire is that he doesn't want... He wants to cultivate a social media presence. He wants to start a YouTube channel and an Instagram about it. And then I guess his long-term strategy is to recoup what he could potentially lose from Dogecoin by like having this social media presence based on the fact that he's a Dogecoin millionaire, which uh, good luck with that. Your videos can have hundreds of thousands of views a day and you can pull in 400 bucks a month. Uh, so right. uh, good luck. I guess you should have just cashed out when you got a million dollars. That's what I'm doing with my Bitcoin. Wait, you're going to become a millionaire? No, no, no. I have a, I, I have less than a Bitcoin, but if it's ever worth a million dollars, I'll sell it. I hear you. I'm doing that with my fraction of the GameStop stock. There you go. <laughs> when one share of GameStop stock is worth a million dollars, cash it in. I'll cash it in for my 10%. There you go. Less than 1%. So it would have to be a hundred more than $100 million a share? Yeah. I think the market can bear that. <laughs> or can it bull that? Uh, you can't do comedy anymore, folks. You just can't do comedy. It's a minefield. You might single-handedly destroy a joke coin. Yeah, you, you could... Uh, it's just sad to think that there are probably a lot of people who signed up for like a uh, Weeble or Binance or whatever crypto exchanges actually trade Doge and maybe None lost like significant amounts of their, uh, or Robinhood actually, uh, and lost significant amounts of their life savings, uh, on a joke, but Hey, that's the market, baby. Yeah, no, I, you know. I can't get into all this anymore. I've already lost too much, John. I put so much money into BlackBerry only for it to never rocket up to the moon, like people said. Every single time. Here's here's a tip, Henry. Whenever anything like this is happening, people have maximum enough like mental bandwidth to make one of these things happen. Uh, I got tricked, too. I bought a share of AMC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it uh it happens they, they were traps you can't do comedy anymore you, you just can't trade stocks anymore it's a minefield it's a minefield the value goes up the value goes down they cancel the stock they cancel the stock they split the stock you can't do jokes anymore He's a day trader. I, he trades in the day. I get in a car. I meet a comedian. I go get a coffee. I can't trade a stock. Yeah, these these are good jokes. Yeah, I thought so. You just can't do comedy anymore. <laughs> you can't so do I'm comedy sorry. anymore. <laughs> what, yeah, if, what if that was can't. the take? It wasn't, oh, it's a shame what we've lost. You can't do comedy anymore. It's like, you can't do comedy anymore. It's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> the year is 2022. <laughs> you can't do comedy anymore. Oh In my god. You 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 make this movie. Okay. Here's a genuine pitch to you to the listeners. Uh how much do you know about Freddy Got Fingered? 
Very, very little. Uh, Tom Green was a very famous alt comedian in the 90s and late 90s, early 2000s for just being a weirdo. You know, making a song about putting his butt on stuff. Uh, But he was a very hot commodity with a certain demographic. So he went to a major studio. Actually, as a matter of fact, a number of studios went to him and they're like, please make a movie with us. We'll give you an inordinate amount of money. We'll give you like an unbelievable amount of money to make a, a movie for us. So he wrote a movie and the movie was a joke. It was a crass, pointless movie that made no sense that he made as a joke and he was paid millions of dollars to do it. Oh, that sounds great. And I think our Freddy Gut Fingered is to make a movie where doing comedy is actually illegal and you trick like Joe Rogan, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Dave Chappelle, sadly, Louis C.K. You trick all of these canceled comedians into doing this movie and it's just horse shit. It's just a, a truly awful movie uh, that is edited to make them look terrible. Uh, I think oh, the problem is you'd have to pay them, so they'd probably walk away. Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> is it? What a shame. I don't know that this is this is me spitballing. How much control do you think actors have over how a movie is edited? Um, probably none. So what if you had a movie and they actually had to like read lines like they were like they were reading the script to this movie about comedy being a local, but it was edited in such a way where it was just an hour and a half of them edited together to say incriminating things like different locations, different shots of Louis C.K. saying like, I shit and pee pee out my butthole. <laughs> that might, you you might get some th- th- I think that's grounds for a lawsuit <laughs> but they agreed to be in a movie I never told you well, how it would be edited <laughs> I feel I feel like that this is an illegal area that I, I just don't know but I feel like you can't trick celebrities <laughs> into saying you just can't trick them into saying what you want anymore <laughs> listen you can't Using editing tricks, you can't trick canceled celebrities into saying that they <laughs> that they pee and shit out of their butthole anymore. You just can't you do can't. it. It's a minefield. You, you got to navigate that very carefully. It's a, it's a real shame. I'm going to do some investigation into this, and I'll report back, and then we'll become Dogecoin millionaires. <laughs> You always say you're going to do some investigation. I don't think you've ever come back with any investigation results. I just don't have findings that are worth discussing. Yeah, well, I, I know you. Th- it's really hard to do investigations these days. You can't. It's a minefield. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, one last note on cancel culture, and then we'll get out of here, John. Um, earlier today, Donald Glover went on this diatribe about how television today is kind of boring. Uh, No one's taking risks because they fear getting canceled. Oh, Donald Glover, really? And what you and and the rest of Twitter thought is he meant cancel culture. But what Donald Glover was saying was, no, the show, they're afraid (laughs) of literally getting their show canceled, you idiots. Oh, man. That's <laughs> he was legit funny. complaining about the industry, not the social 
punishment. Yeah. Wow, the word canceled means nothing except that other thing now. Yeah, it's been completely co-opted by whiny little babies. The babies even tricked me. The babies even tricked you. To be fair, though, not hard to trick you. Not not very difficult. Yeah, I'm pretty gullible. Yeah. You can't even be tricked by a baby anymore. No, the baby will cancel you. It's a minefield. I've been canceled by three a... babies this year. <laughs> this year? Yeah, so far this year I've been canceled. Don't get me started on how many babies I was canceled by pre-COVID. Thank God yesterday was a slow year and only seven babies canceled me. You said, thank God yesterday was a slow year. <laughs> I mean, thank God last year was a slow... It was... Co- it's... Listen, listen, <laughs> you can't do comedy anymore, but I'll tell you a fact. Babies can't use Zoom. So, so it was hard for them to like set up the Zoom call on my calendar to cancel me. But when babies could just toddle up to me in the street and cancel me, like 2019, 2018, or God forbid, 2017, I'm dozens, dozens of baby cancellations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you went through that, but, uh, you know, things are going to pick up. You can't do comedy at a baby anymore. Not Adam, for sure, because they will cancel you within a second. Yeah, it's real bad. The look in their eyes. The look in their canceled faces. Yeah, cancel babies. It's getting real bad out there. It's It's getting to the point where if you cancel a pregnant woman, the baby comes out canceled, too. Wait, Henry, was that a joke? Was that a joke? Did you just do a joke? Um, <laughs> Hold on, Henry. Henry, did you just tell a joke? Yeah. You can't do comedy anymore. In a world <laughs> where comedy cannot be done. Where you can't do it. One man can't stop. Uh, and then it plays that, I can't stop, stop. And then it's a... I can't It's stop. a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a montage of the guy from Seinfeld who said the N-word doing comedy. Oh, God. But in, like, cyberpunk oh. bars. Michael Richardson. Uh, Michael Richardson. Richards or Richardson? Yeah. Not important. Boop, 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 boop. Not important. It's Richards. This has been uh, an incredible high-energy episode where we've had a lot to say. And yet we've said nothing at all. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, that's right. That's right. You know, when you're right, you're all right. right. You know, when you're right, you're not wrong. And if you want to tell us the ways in which we were wrong in this episode, you can send us a tweet. If you can even tweet anymore to at Z C P C W H hold on. I said W twice because I tried to say a, a liquid W. Uh, at Z C P C W H J on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. You can't define what Z C P C W H J stands for anymore. It's a minefield. And if you want to send us your best comedy routines, which we will immediately report to the comedy 
police. Uh, you can send those to our email, which is email at zerocredits.net. We chose .net because it was cheaper. I've been doing a lot of buying of domain names lately. So get at me, yahoo.com. I've got something you might want. (laughs) And we're also on Spotify. You can find us there by searching for Zero Credits Podcast or Zero Credits in the Podcast section of Spotify. We're right next to Joe Rogan. Uh, I swear he smells a lot like elk. Uh, We are physically uh, close to him. We are an Apple Podcasts. Search for Zero Credits on the Apple Podcast podcast. A great way for people to learn about the show is for you to leave us a rating, leave us a comment if you like, if you want to write words. God help you if you write a joke, though, uh, because the people at Apple famously hate comedy, uh, which is why they had that Steve Carell show on Apple+. Plus. However... <laughs> Uh, The most important thing is that word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your friends in a matter-of-fact way. Uh, Tell your... Do we have anything other than friends anymore? Horses. Tell your horses. uh, Tell your friends about the podcast. And uh, if you tell your uh, drugged-up horses, they they can run real fast until their poor little hearts explode. But hopefully they'll tell a lot of people about the podcast. In the meantime, I think that's it for the social media. And from everyone here at the very serious studios to Sue Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. To Sue Sue Studios? Uh, I was gonna like doing like a Susu Studios thing, but I don't know anything about music. Susu Studio Studio Michael Richardson. His name is Richards. Next week, we are covering Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So tune in for that if you're caught up on our hot Godzilla summer action, because that's what's coming to you next week. But for now, we we get we get we 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 gotta get out of here. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Summer Godzilla. Next week, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, Watch Kong Skull Island. It rips. Uh, and Godzilla. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here. We gotta here. go. We gotta go. We're out of, we're out of time. <laughs> we're out of time. We gotta go. We gotta go. We're out of time. It's time. We, uh, did you we, did you look at your watch? We Hold gotta on. go. Oh shit! Uh, goodbye. We got. Yeah, we gotta go. I, we gotta get out of here. Okay, now that the podcast is over, I have to ask: uh, we, What was got, what was going on with that? Oh, John Ho Henry bit. <laughs> The podcast isn't over yet. We didn't clap. We didn't clap? It was just a bit.